Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Coming up on Believe in Soccer, pushing closer to the playoffs. The New York Red Bulls are in Chicago Saturday looking to stretch their undefeated streak to what would be a season-high four games. The team's first-year captain, Sean Davis, is with us. The Shep Messing Podcast begins now. And welcome, everyone. After late heroics from Brian White, a 95th-minute goal to earn a draw versus Orlando City Sunday, the Red Bulls face the Chicago Fire for the first and only time in this 2020 regular season and will play them at Soldier Field for the first time since October 5th, 2005, when the franchise was known as the Metro Stars. It is mathematically impossible for Red Bull to clinch an MLS playoff berth this weekend, but... If they win this game, Shep Messing, they're they're knocking on the door. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it, Steve. This is a great opportunity. And and look, you look back at this season, given everything that's gone on, both off the field, obviously with COVID, but on the field, changing managers, uh, interrupted season, it's been wild. And it was really stagnant for this Red Bulls team for a long time. All of a sudden, there's a buzz. No doubt about it. Caden Clark came in, hit two wonder goals, his first two games, great results. Now there's a buzz, a little bit of a swagger. So this season has turned around. I looked at the last game the team played at Soldier Field. I'm glad MLS, by the way, is back in downtown Chicago. I think that's kind of important. But here's what happened that day. Eddie Gavin scored two goals. The Metro Stars took a 2-0 lead into the 90th minute. That's when a player named Chris Armas scored to slice the lead in half. And then Jack Stewart in the 93rd minute leveled for Chicago. And I hear the fan base as I discuss this, Shep, saying, ah, the memories of years gone by. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking that as you saying that. Why, why are you talking about that now? Oh, so Metro. But look, this is a different team, different generation. I agree with you. Great new ownership in Chicago. They had to be downtown. Nobody was going out to Bridgeview to watch the game. So, you know, the poor owner, given this is the year he took over and they're playing at Soldier Field. But hopefully that's a a franchise, a team that can resurrect themselves. Hopefully not this weekend against Red Bulls. Get specifically into the battle against Chicago in just a moment. But let's talk about the Red Bulls first. This is a nice stretch for them. A couple of draws against very good teams. The win versus Atlanta prior to that. And I think one of the things that they've brought to the table here is depth that has really fortified them and enabled them to have some level of success when you're rolling out a game and a challenge every four or five days, the point that you want to bring to the table here is simple. There's going to come a point now where that ends, whether it's Bradley Cornell or Gerhard Struber, 
we're going to see a lineup that is formulated that the coach really wants to see when push comes to shove, aren't we? Yeah, I'm always thinking about that, Steve. And to your point, all through this season with a congested schedule, it really helps to have depth, quality depth on the roster. And we've seen that the last couple of weeks. New players coming in, rotated players. Forget about it. After the next couple of weeks, that's not what they want for the playoffs. They want whoever the coach is going into the playoffs, they want to know they're starting 11. No more squad rotation. And now look at the team. There are going to be some questions. I don't think there's any question in goal, Ryan Mara. I don't think you're back four. If it's healthy, there are any questions. Kyle Duncan, Aaron Long, Tim Parker, Pendon. Now in the midfield, it gets a little messy. Caceres back, Kaku back, Sean Davis playing well, Shakowski, Drew Yearwood. Who's your starting 11 going into crunch time? And I mean playoff time. I think that as we get a little bit closer to Saturday's first kick, 7.30 game time on MSG, by the way, we'll get a little clarity of whether there's any shot of Kaku or Kasaris returning for this game as their quarantine is just about to come to an end. Talk about Chicago a little bit. A couple of weeks ago, you just called them a bad team. They're playing better, though. And they will come into this game with just as much wind under their sails as the Red Bulls do because they also leveled their last match in the 95th minute. Yeah, look, I'm still calling them a bad team. They're playing better, but roster 1-20, to I don't think they're a good team. Look, if you get focused and you play well, you get on a little bit of a roll, uh, this league, we don't have to talk about parity. Anybody can beat anybody. Um, But for me, Red Bulls, if they play their game, if they're locked in, if they play with energy, if they press, if they're really dialed into the game – I think they're the winner against Chicago. Well, I'm going to separate these two teams this way, among others, but the goalkeepers to me stand out a little bit. Ryan Mara uh, made only two saves on Sunday, but one of them was a spectacular diving save on Nani that helped the Red Bulls get in position to tie that game late. And then there is Chicago. If you go back to when they parted ways with Sean Johnson. I was doing my research for the game, and I couldn't believe this. Bobby Shuttleworth right now is the man they're relying on. Since the fire traded Sean Johnson after 2016, including Shuttleworth, they've used nine different goalkeepers over four seasons. When you have a guy you know can play, you've got to do everything you can to hold on to him. Retrospectively, that was a mistake by the fire, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. And and go back before Sean Johnson, Zach Thornton in goal, they were always strong. Look, it's hard for me to be objective as a former goalkeeper, but most teams want to know who's your guy between the post that you could count on, like Red Bulls have done for so many years with Luis Robles. So, look, I don't think his defense helps him much in Chicago, but I still give – Starting 11, the advantage to Red Bulls. They've got to go out and play the game hard. But, look, they'll really be on a roll if they could get three points on Saturday. Well, now in his sixth MLS season, but his first as Red Bulls captain is midfielder Sean Davis, who was strong in a 90-minute performance in Sunday's 1-1 draw versus Orlando City. 
Sean, thanks for being with us. The team is undefeated in three games for the first time since the opening three games of the season. I would imagine the mood around the club this week is somewhat positive. Has it been? Yeah, well, first of all, Steve and Shep, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, you know, and I know we've spoken about this before, but, um, you know, I love the way you guys call the games. It reminds me of when I was watching the team when I was younger. So um, <laughs> thanks again for having me. But to answer your question, uh, you know, the mood in the, in the locker room is great right now. The energy is high. And I think that's really important, especially during this time of the year. You guys know how important this is, um, especially with playoffs approaching. And, you know, I would agree with you. I think last week was a strong week from us. Uh, but you know, we even spoke about it recently that we know we can improve. We know that we can uh, be even better, that we can take things up a notch. And that's going to be really important if we want to make a run in the playoffs. Well, Sean, I'm glad to hear you like the broadcast because I know sometimes I could be critical. I get carried away. But to Steve's point, and, and look, we watch every game carefully. But you in particular, I thought that last game was your best game by far. You look sharp. You look crisp. You really look good. Did you feel that good? Yeah, thanks, Shep. And, you know, it's been a, a little bit of a weird time for me just because I, I was dealing with an injury, something that fortunately for most of my career, I never had to uh, really experience. And it was eye opening for me and gave me different perspective on the game. And I, I always try to look at things with a, a glass half full uh, approach. And, uh, you know, it was tough at times being inside during training, watching the guys train. And, you know, you just miss little things like being with the guys on road trips or, um, you know, having competitive training sessions, as you know. And so um, it, it's just been great to be back. And, you know, my first game back was against Atlanta without uh, playing at all prior to that. And, uh, you know, there were some nerves, you know, just because, first of all, you want your body to hold up well. You want uh, you want to feel good. You want to be able to uh, play the game, um, you know, how you know how. And you, you want to help the team. And so um, it was good to get through that Atlanta game. Most importantly, we got a win on the road, which I think uh, was great for our confidence. And then you know, we went to Toronto where I thought we had a good performance as well. And uh, we were really able to impose our, our style of play on them. And, you know, even talking to some of their players after the game, you know, we put them in a really tough game. So I think we were proud of that Toronto performance. And then, um, you know, Orlando with rotation, I was able to get back into the lineup. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you saying that. I did feel uh, really good in that game. And, you know, it's just um, such a blessing just to be back on the field. And again, I just wanted to help the team as much as possible, but it was great to be involved. It was great to uh, help the guys. And of course, I wish we could have won the game, especially being at home. But, um, you know, personally speaking, it was just fun to be back out there and, and to feel sharp. And again, like I mentioned before, to be able to play the game that uh, I wanted to play. So having confidence in my fitness, um, in my sharpness, uh, you know, that game went a long way for me. But um, you know, now we have to turn the page and we have a big matchup, matchup against Chicago this weekend. Hey, in the midst of your compliment of our broadcast, you do know you dated us. So I do want to know this. Uh, when you are a much younger Sean Davis growing up in New Jersey, how much Metro Stars slash Red Bulls did you watch and did you have a favorite player or two? Yeah, well, I loved uh, watching the team and, you know, I obviously had that period where I went to went away to college and I wasn't following as much just because we wouldn't get, you know, MSG down there. But I would try to watch all the nationally broadcast games. But, yeah, I do remember growing up watching Tab Ramos, Clint Mathis, and then, uh, you know, especially as I got more involved with the Red Bull Academy, really just watching things, um, you know, take off Thierry Henry, um, 
joined the team. And then I was able to watch my friends start to get some minutes as homegrowns, including, you know, uh, Juan Agadello. And so that was a really exciting time for me because that's when things started to feel more real, where I felt like, okay, you know, I might actually be able to, to get on the field and play for this team. That would be incredible. And that was the dream at the time. And so, you know, I look back, even when you mentioned six seasons, uh, you know, I'm so lucky and I'm really fortunate to be able to play for this club. And, you know, it's been a great six years. So, uh, it's been a long time coming, but, uh, you know, it's it's so fun to, to suit up, especially with these guys in this locker room. And, you know, I just consider myself really lucky. Well, Steve, I'm going to follow your direction. And I have two questions for Sean. But, Sean, I'm going to go back to when you were seven years old. And, and I mean this sincerely because it, it was really striking to me about your character and how you keep things in perspective, your love of the game. Uh, I read where you once said one of one of your biggest highlights still is when you were seven years old and your mom, Lynn Davis, was on the <laughs> sideline coaching you. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite memories of playing soccer. And, you know, I just remember uh, my parents were really uh, big on me playing different sports. And so they threw me into every rec league possible, uh, you know, and so I was playing soccer. I was playing basketball. I was playing baseball. Um, and I just remember my mom being my first soccer coach. And, you know, this has become a little bit cliche now, but when I was that age, uh, you know, my mom would bring orange slices to the field and, uh, you know, she's still trying to learn all the rules about soccer offsides is, is difficult for her, but, uh, she's always been so supportive and, um, you know, she's always been there for me. And so that was a, a really fun time for me. And, and that really kicked things off. I was able to meet uh, the right people. Uh, you know, I enjoyed playing the game so much. I fell in love with it from a young age. And from there, uh, you know, I was just able to grow as a player and obviously as a person. And that's been such an important stepping stone for me. So, uh, you know, I, I have that picture with my mom in my driveway that I'm sure um, some fans have seen where I'm wearing the Metro, you know, they would have uh, each team uh, would have a different MLS team um, that they would wear. And so I remember one year I got Dallas burned, but um, one year I got Metro stars and that was the year my mom was a coach. And so that was just a, a really cool picture foreshadowing, you know, what was to come. I didn't know it at the time, but it's always great to reflect back on that. And again, keep things in perspective because, uh, you know, this journey has been so up and down. It's been long, but I'm so appreciative to be in the position that I am. Well, my follow-up is, is education because so many players nowadays follow a different route. And, and to the pros. And I know education was a priority. And you talk about your second grade teacher, Kristen Elfner Savari, I think, and being an influence on your life and her family still comes to the games today. Is that right? Yeah. So she's been, uh, you know, she's one of the most memorable teachers that I've had. And, uh, you know, back when I was in second grade, I remember just really enjoying her class. And I even went to her wedding. And so, um, you know, that's a memory that I'll always have. But um, you know, fast forward um, up until now, and now I'm going to different appearances in the area uh, in Hasley, close to where I grew up, and I'm able to meet her daughters and um, her family. And so it's all come full circle. And again, I think that's one of the, the big perks of being a homegrown player playing for your hometown team is you have these connections that um, you see grow over time. And so to hear that her kids love playing soccer, that they love coming to the games is is awesome. And um, you know, it's just really special. And, uh, you know, I, I again, it sounds cliche, but I, I do consider myself really lucky. And, you know, when people ask me what's the best part about playing professional soccer, uh, you know, for me, it's it's simple. It's being able to share these moments with 
uh, the people that supported me so much when I was younger, you know, to be able to have family and friends in the stands. And, you know, I think that's been one of the toughest parts about 2020 is not being able to have uh, family, friends in the stands, having the fans, um, you know, we all really miss that. But um, in saying that, that's my favorite part about being a homegrown player is just being able to, to share those moments, those memories and um, the highs, the lows. I think that that's something that I, I try to never take for granted. Sean, who told you that you would become the team captain this season? And what was that conversation like? Yeah, so, it, you know, it's interesting. I've been roommates with Luis. I had been roommates with Luis for, I believe, two seasons. And we have we had become really close friends. And, um, you know, all of a sudden at the end of the season, there was some turnover and, and he left. And so there was, a, you know, a vacancy um, for captain. And so it's not something that I thought of too much, but I just remember thinking in preseason that we lost a major voice of the team and in Luis and Brad. And so it was going to be really important for veterans of the group to step up. And so, uh, you know, I felt like I had a strong preseason. I had trained a lot in the off season to, to be sharp and ready to go because, um, you know, not only was something like captain open, but I needed to be sharp just to continue to improve as a player and to fight for time and fight. You know, you can't stop fighting in this league because every year it's getting better and better. You know, you look at how, how much the league has grown. Um, you know, even when I was uh, younger watching it. And, um, you know, that's one of the, the competitive sides of the game. And so, uh, you know, heading into preseason, it was just an opportunity to, to win playing time, to win my spot. And, um, you know, that coincided with an opening and captaincy. And so, uh, an opening and captaincy. And so, um, you know, then fast forward a few weeks, preseason goes by and, um, you know, we're getting ready for media day. And, and Chris Armis lets me know that, um, him and the staff had chosen me. And it was, a, again, a really special moment, um, something that caught me a, a little bit off guard. And all of a sudden, things started to move quickly because then I had media day. I had to address the entire front office. You know, this was prior to, to COVID, obviously. And um, everyone at Red Bull Arena was there. I, I mean, hundreds of people. And, um, you know, all of a sudden I had to speak in front of them. But, uh, you know, it is a day that I'll, I'll always remember. I'm really thankful for. Um, but it, it obviously comes with a lot of responsibility. And so, um, you know, I, I definitely feel the highs and the lows more um, now than ever, but uh, it comes with the territory, territory and something that, um, you know, I'm really starting to enjoy. You see, I'm sure there are some things you take from Luis Robles and apply as captain, but in the same vein, you have to put your own stamp on the captaincy. Otherwise, I would imagine people won't think it's genuine. For sure, without a doubt. And, you know, that was my message to the group is that, uh, you know, through all moments, you know, good moments, bad moments, I wanted to be a guy that kept it real with the team. And I'm not saying that no captain in the past had had done that because they have. But for me, that was especially important. And, uh, you know, I think that holds true, especially during this um, this year, just because there have been so many obstacles thrown our way on the field, off the field, um, you know, with COVID, with social issues with the CBA negotiations that were very tense and, you know, trying to keep the guys updated and, and trying to, um, you know, be objective and be honest with the group about uh, the way that I thought was best for us to move forward. You know, so I think that I was challenged a lot in a lot of ways, but again, I just tried to keep uh, the right perspective on things. And it was just, this has all been a, a great opportunity for me to grow as a, a person, as a player, as a leader. Um, but like you said, it's important to have your, your own stamp, you know, 
I, eventually I'm going to look back on this time and I'm going to want to be proud of all the effort and time and, um, you know, how I put that spin on, on, on my own leadership abilities. And, and the truth is I'm a young leader right now in the sense that I still have years um, to grow as a leader. So it's just about trying to learn, trying to adapt, trying to improve. And I think that that's where I'm at right now. And, um, you know, I'm continuing to get more and more comfortable um, speaking with different players, you know, trying to manage different guys um, in a way that's most effective for them. So there's a lot of little things that I've learned along the way. And, um, you know, having great leaders in the past uh, has been really important for me as well. Well, you got a little experience being the captain at that small little school in the South, Duke, right? Was <laughs> yep. it easy, easier there? Yeah. So, you know, at, at Duke, it, they, we had our own set of challenges. And, you know, for the record, I'd like to state that I've been Brian White's captain twice now because I was his captain at Duke and now I'm his captain at, at Red Bull. So, um, you know, in saying that, we did have different challenges just at Duke, you know, a lot of guys are going in a lot of different directions. You know, some are entirely focused on soccer. Some are entirely focused on doing well in the classroom. And so trying to manage that, I think that's been helpful. Sean, over the summer, I very quietly marked the five-year anniversary of a game that I'm sure you're never going to forget. It's the Red Bulls 4-2 victory over Chelsea in the International Champions Cup. And I'll always remember the game as the coming out party for yourself and for Tyler Adams. Between the two of you, you score three goals in seven minutes against one of the most famous teams in the world. And I'm wondering if there was any point that night where you got a glimpse of Jose Mourinho and whether or not he was perplexed on the sideline. Yeah, that's, you know, a, a great memory for me and, uh, you know, a great memory for the club. And, you know, I just remember the the game leading up to that. We had played Philly in the Open Cup, and you know, I had been making the bench a lot uh, in my in my rookie year, and uh, wasn't playing too much off the bench, but was still um, you know an option. And I remember the scheduling that year was really funky, and we had ended up playing Philly just maybe a day or two earlier in the Open Cup. I believe it might have even been midday, and you know, on one hand, I was like, you know, I'd love to play for the, I'd love to get in the game. Um, but on the other hand, I knew that if I played in this game because of the rules with the CBA, I wouldn't be able to play against Chelsea. So, uh, you know, on one hand, I really wanted to play on the other. I was like, okay, Jesse, I can sit this one out if you need me to. And that turned out to be the case. And, um, you know, you fast forward a day or two later, and next thing you know, Red Bull Arena is packed with Chelsea fans. And it's just an incredible environment. And, you know, I had seen the, the stadium full like that against New York City earlier in the year where you couldn't even get, uh, you know, an empty, there wasn't an empty seat in the, in the arena, but um, it was just a lot of fun. And, you know, these are, it was a majority of younger guys, USL guys, guys that I had played USL games with already. And, uh, you know, we were all just really excited, nervous, without a doubt, anxious. You know, we didn't want to get blown out by Chelsea. That would have been embarrassing. Um, but it was just a, a big step forward for all of us. And I think that we, uh, we just had a lot of fun. We fully believed in the system. And I think we caught Chelsea on a good day because they weren't ready for what hit them. And we were pressing them from the get-go. Uh, I doubt that they were expecting that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Jose Mourinho wasn't very happy after the game, especially after watching the, the Tottenham documentary that they have now and seeing how, um, you know, Jose Mourinho interacts with the players, but, you know, I, I'm sure he couldn't have been too happy with them, but, you know, 
um, in saying that it was just such a cool moment for all of us and watching Tyler score and being able to play him, uh, play with him in the middle. And, you know, there's several guys I could go around, around the horn, but um, it was just a, a really fun time. You know, that's the simplest way I can put it, but uh, something that we'll always remember and, uh, you know, something we're all really thankful for. Well, Sean, hopefully we, we all want to have that stadium packed not an empty seat and yeah. with the fans back. But let's look forward now to crunch yeah. time. Steve yeah. and I, during the broadcast this season, have always been saying this is a crazy year. We all know that. And my point is, I firmly believe anybody can win it. It's a crazy season. So you've got to be feeling confident. You've got to be feeling good right now. Do you guys in the locker room feel the same way? Let's get in the playoffs and see what happens. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that, for us right now, you know, I think that we're hitting our stride at the right time. I think that we're aware of where we've fallen short in the past. We've taken those lessons and now it's important um, to go through those moments so that we're stronger for periods like these. And so that's why I think these next two weeks are so crucial for us. When you look at how the MLS has set up, uh, you know, how, how MLS has set up the playoff structure, it's going to be really important to have uh a strong seed heading into the playoffs. And if you can get that six seed, that at least gets you past that initial knockout round. And, uh, you know, if you can do even better than that, then you're, you're hosting games. And so that's going to be uh, big for us. And I think that we have the opportunity. We're playing uh, a few teams that are ahead of us in the table. So uh, again, we just have to look at things the right way and understand um, that we can make some big strides going forward. And like you mentioned, uh, this has been a crazy year. You never know what's around the corner. You never know what's going to happen. And I think that, um, you know, emphasizes our approach that you have to take this one game at a time. You see what's happening in other leagues. Games are being postponed, canceled. And so for us, we just have to go out every 90 minutes and give it absolutely everything we have. That's going to ultimately give us the best chance. And when we play with the right energy, we, we like our chances against any team. But when we don't, um, you know, then we're susceptible. And I think, again, that's something that we've become – more and more aware of as this season has gone on. When we're at our best, we're very difficult to play against. And, you know, I think that that gives us a really good chance in, in one-off games. So we do like our chances. It's important for us to finish this, this stretch strong. Um, it's important for each guy to be ready just because we are going to have to rotate. And I think that, you know, personally speaking, I think that's been one of the, the bright spots of this season is being able to call on so many different guys, having so many different guys step up um, these last few weeks. Um, and, and watching guys grow as the year's gone on, as, as this year's gone on. So uh, I know that's a long-winded answer, but, um, you know, I do like where, where we're at right now. Even training today was excellent, training this whole week. And, uh, you know, I think the momentum is, is in our favor. Last one for me, Sean. It must be enjoyable going through this with some some really young players contributing. In the case of Caden Clark, obviously, it's a very young pl uh, player. For people who can't see behind the curtain, because th there was talk for a long time that the Red Bulls had lost their fastball, introducing academy players to the lineup. And I, I know that impartial observers for a long time would say FC Dallas was number one. And whenever I spoke to people inside the Red Bulls about that perception, they would laugh it off. They were almost borderline arrogant about their own academy and for people who didn't get to see what Bob Montgomery meant to building that academy, maybe you can help us understand. He has not been with the organization now for two years. I know it's in good hands now with Sean McCafferty. 
Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, in speaking about Bob, I miss him every day. I love Bob. And he was a big uh, part of me joining the academy. And, you know, he was one of the guys that um, made me feel really comfortable from day one. And he was very transparent uh, about how he saw me fitting in, um, you know, even after high school, uh, you know, when there was a, a small chance of me joining the first team. Again, he was honest and you know, he said that there might be an opportunity there, but that he also thinks that college could be good for me to continue to grow. And I think that ultimately he was spot on and, and he was right. And it was good to have that um, honest dialogue with someone like Bob Montgomery. And, uh, you know, I, I miss seeing him around the facility. It was great the first few years. It helped me feel more comfortable. Um, but in saying that, you know, moving forward, we, you know, I think with Sean McCaffrey, he's, he's done a great job. And I think that you can look at the different players that he's been able to bring to the academy, to the USL fold. And now you can see those players doing well with the first team. And you talk about Caden Clark and, you know, Caden's a great kid and he's, he's motivated. He's humble. He's willing to learn. He loves talking to the guys. He loves hearing about different experiences, but I do think that the academy is heading in the right direction. I think you even look at the USL group this year, academy players got a large amount of minutes. And I think that when I look back on my time with the academy, USL and, and Red Bull 2, that wasn't around, but that would have been really helpful. And I'm, I'm almost jealous that these kids can get those experiences under them, their belt because whether they decide to go to college or they pursue that first team contract, those are going to be really important games and minutes because, you know, it's there's nothing you can compare to, to playing against professional players, to playing against players that maybe are stronger, older, more experienced than you. That's ultimately how you grow the most. So I do think that um, in a lot of different ways, the academy is heading in the right direction. And um, you can even look at some of the guys you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, Ben Mines, Omir Fernandez, homegrown guys that have stepped up this season. You can see that they have the quality to, to contribute to the first team. And, you know, those are there's a lot of different guys that I'm really excited about going forward that uh, continue to, re to represent the, the academy the right way. And now you're the old pro, Sean. You are ninth all-time in regular season games played for this franchise. You passed Jeff Park a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and we thank you for your time. This was a terrific session, getting to know you a little bit more in depth. Good luck this week. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And, you know, now that you say that, I sorry, I know I keep talking here, but... Um, <laughs> we we yeah, can go on. That's, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool to hear. And, you know, top 10... I remember when I was a rookie, I was thinking, how am I going to get on the field? You know, unfortunately, Mike Pecky got fired and he was the coach that ultimately signed, signed me. And then next thing you know, Jesse's calling me and I'm down at school working out and I'm thinking, man, they just drafted a player in my position. They just brought in Sasha. They just brought in <laughs> Felipe. You know, Dax is the captain where, you know, how am I going to get any minutes? But to, to look back on these six seasons, it's just been, like I said, uh, amazing. I'm really grateful. And, uh, you know, I just want to see how far I can take this thing. So thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, best of luck. Hey, Sean, you're, you're 27 now. You, you've got yeah. another 10 years. You'll be playing, <laughs> I hope so. You'll be playing center back. That's what Vermees did, right? He started <laughs> as a striker and back into the midfield. You'll you'll be playing for Red Bull as a center back when you're 37. <laughs> Love it. I take that. Thanks, Sean. Thanks okay, so thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody, to Believe in Soccer, the Shetness and Podcast.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.